Network presents Football Time. Welcome to Football Time Show. We're here for our NFL season preview, and we're in part two, the NFC side of things. We're moving from the AFC to the NFC. If you want to watch part one and the AFC, be sure to check that out on our YouTube channel. With us, as always, is Achilles reign to get into the NFL season. Part three is coming as well for our NFL player future awards. But right now we're going to break down the NFC and our NFC team futures here. So you ready to get into the NFC side of things uh, here, Achilles? Uh, there are not as many good teams in this side. <laughs> it's a little different from last season. Uh, we don't have a lot of depth here. Uh, we just went over the AFC, where I think you can make a case that everybody but about three teams has a chance for the playoffs. And this one, I'm struggling for anybody but about three teams to come out of the NFC. So uh, let's kick things off with the NFC East. Uh, I think everybody's media darling has turned into the Philadelphia Eagles. So uh, what could go wrong in the probably $3,000 worth of team futures I have on the Philadelphia Eagles here? So we both got the Eagles up there. Uh, you have Dallas second. I have the Giants second. You have the Giants third. I have Dallas third. And uh, the Commies bringing up the rear and their uh, team strategy of bringing in Carson Wentz uh, surely looks to be going quite well. So uh, how do you come uh, about your rankings here and uh, why are we going to get burned on Philly and probably lose a lot of money week one? Well, uh, you know, if history teaches us anything, it's uh, don't trust Philly. Uh, but listen, I, I'm really high on Philly this season. I really like some of the additions they made. Uh, I, I know that you've been pretty high on them based off the last show. Um, it seems like a lot of your uh, future bets, spoiler alert, uh, have something to do with the Eagles. But You're guess going what? You're to get a 10-minute rundown of them in about five minutes. It's, it's okay because because I, I like the Eagles also, and I've got a couple of Eagles bets myself, and maybe I'll get some more after listening to you. So uh, I'm ready to go. Yeah, uh, I think the additions of, you know, A.J. Brown, you got another uh, year of Devontae Smith. You know, Jalen Hurts probably is the weak link there, but I don't think he's a weak link in the regular season. I, I think he's a competent regular season quarterback. I, I think players like him too, which I think is really important uh, that – you know, maybe if you struggle or you can't make a pass, at least the players like you and aren't looking over your shoulder to uh, sort of get the next guy up. And mentioning that, the next guy up is Gardner Minshew. So <laughs> I, I think even if Hurts were to either get hurt or really, really struggle to the point where they have to bench him, you got a pretty solid backup in there uh, to mix with their weapons. I thought they've upgraded their defense, uh, you know, as well uh, to really improve. Uh, that's probably the other big question mark. Can that secondary hold up? We know that pass rush is going to be fierce. Uh, they've made some additions to the secondary. If it can hold up, I, I look for this Eagles team to really roll. And then you look at their schedule. It's really, really soft. Very soft. You mix in the division where we'll get to Dallas here in a second, but I, I don't think Dallas is going to be even what Dallas was last year. So I, I look for down there, and then maybe we get an upgrade with the Giants, but uh, I, I think I put the Giants second just based on I think Dallas isn't going to be good. It's not that I think the Giants are going to you be know. I was about to give you such a hard time. You know, you, you you gave me a hard time over my love for the Giants over the last couple of years. And then I, I see my list, and I'm like, he's got the Giants second. I was yes. like, what? I think this is more uh, Dallas bad. And then, uh, you know, I we don't have to break down the Washington football team other than I take – They're under. breaking themselves down. Don't worry about <laughs> it. And everything. So let's switch to Dallas here. Uh, you know, even with Smith – healthy. I, I thought the weird thing with Cooper and releasing him, I know he cost a bunch, but you're asking C.D. Lamb to be a number one, and we haven't seen C.D. Lamb be a number one. Uh, so, 
you're starting to downgrade that. The running back situation is what it is. We can all, you know, convince ourselves that Ezekiel Elliott was hurt last year and the year before and the year before. But uh, we've all watched running backs for the last 30 years. And as stats seem to decline year to year to year, it doesn't magically pop back up into a 1,500-yard season. It usually declines more the next year. So, And the other thing I worry about, Dallas, which I'm curious about you, the defense improved last year, but improved in, like, turnovers. Like, you know, Diggs had those eight picks. Is Diggs going to get eight picks? And are we going to get, you know, like, 10 defensive and special team scores from Dallas? Those are a little fluky things that don't happen to carry over year and year. So I look for a little bit of regression here on the Dallas defensive side of the, the things. And I the coaching probably doesn't need to be brought to light. Uh, I'm sure it'll be brought to light uh, basically all season long in our review of the games. But what do you think of Dallas, and how far do you think they will regress back here? Well, listen, you know, you talked about the turnovers in that defense, which was the worst defense. You know, we talked about Titans defense in our previous show, but the, the Cowboys defense was the worst defense in the NFL going into like the final week of the year two years ago. Um, you you talk about a big turnaround last season and it it's a little misconstrued. It's, it's a little murky, okay? Because yes, they got better. They they couldn't have gotten any worse. Uh, but in the in the the reasons they got better was turnovers. Okay. Now they got Micah Parsons there who's a yeah. really good player in my opinion. Um and Diggs is also a really good player, but can you replicate what he did last season? I think it's really, really, really hard to do. Um, and defensively, they weren't great. They they were better. They weren't yes. great. They were they were a lot better at, at causing turnovers and not just causing turnovers, but taking advantage of those situations. But one of the reasons why they got better was because their offense was still potent enough to where they made it so that other teams, opposing teams, had to throw the ball. They had to just to try and stay in the game. I think that offensively they got worse. I think that keeping Ezekiel Elliott as, at running back as your number one is a mistake, especially when you got a guy like Pollard, who, in my opinion, has looked way better than Ezekiel has looked. You know, not just that, you're going to pay all that money to a position that deteriorates quickly at the running back position, and you're not getting that much production out of it. Then you're going to get rid of your number one wideout. As you mentioned, C.B. Lamb's supposed to be the number one guy. I think he's more of a complimentary guy. Um, the, the reports coming out of camp uh, during the last offseason was that he was looking really, really good. He was looking like the next big thing. And I kind of jumped into the Kool-Aid, and I got splashed, I'll be honest with you. I, it, he didn't have the type of season I was expecting out of him. Now we're supposed to expect that with someone taking less attention on the outside, he's going to have a better year. Yeah, it's really hard got, for me. The other thing is Gallup, who is coming off uh, a legit injury. You don't totally know when he's going to come back. And then I, I think the other thing is Cedric Wilson left to go to the Dolphins. Uh, you know, Cedric was a solid piece there, and losing that, I think, hurts them as well. So Smith it, is out also, isn't yeah. he? Yes, he I is. Mean, and, that's the, it, and then you complement that with Smith, who, you know— it started season ending and then they keep pushing, you know, it, it up like, oh, he'll be back in December. And then it's, well, maybe the last week of November, a, a very large man who was already starting to get miles on him completely blows out his hamstring. I'm not 100 percent sold. He's going to even if he comes back. What's it, he going to look like? Yeah, what, that's he's not going to be able to move really for two months. And usually someone that large, if they aren't moving, it, it doesn't benefit them. So uh, it, it, it just, things, things seem to be piling on Dallas where this could be one of those down years. Not to mention the coaching situation where Sean Payton is sitting there, probably going yes, to be I, making I was funny jokes bring that on pregame shows the whole season long and teasing them into maybe he'll come, maybe he won't uh, sort of thing. So I just look at that situation as sort of poisonous, and I'm wondering what we're going to get out of them. I guess we got to talk a little bit about the Giants-Washington. Honestly, uh, I don't know what I'm getting out of the Giants' offensive side of the ball. Daniel Jones is a question mark. 
Saquon Barkley has not looked healthy for two years. He's in a contract year, so if there's going to be a year where he looks healthy, it will probably be this year. Um, The wide receiver room in the Giants is weird. Uh, You have Kenny Galladay, who basically looks to have gotten his $75 million guaranteed and uh, taken the retirement plan of, I will show up to work, but uh, I'm no longer going to be a productive receiver. Uh, You got Kadarius Toney, who, well, uh, that's possibly the biggest wild card in the NFL. Uh, One week he might catch a 75-yard pass and look like the best receiver in the league, and the next week he might be doing something completely crazy and insane. I, I really like that rookie uh, Wandell Robinson, but once again, we've talked about rookie receivers and uh, staking your digs uh, to rookie receivers. So I have no clue what I'm getting from the offensive side of things. I think the Giants will be pretty solid defensively. They've been all right in, in that side of things uh, the last couple of years. So maybe they're better. Uh, Washington, I don't know what to say. Uh, the receiver room looks okay. They're doing weird things with Antonio Gibson. I read that he's going to kick and punt return. Uh, why you why? put your number one running back in kick and punt return situations, I don't know. They've never utilized him to catch, even though he was an ex-receiver in college. Uh, Carson Wentz is going to be the starting quarterback, and I think we were both pretty hyped up on that defense last year. And uh Bit of a let really down. let us down, <laughs> and I don't see why that would improve. So, anything on Giants Washington that makes you believe? No, listen. Other I, than maybe a top end seven eight wins. I've I've kind of hyped the Giants up over the last couple of seasons, and at this point, I'm kind of worn out at being their hype man, especially when they don't show up to the party. Uh, so uh, I'm. I'm Kind of trying to take my foot off the gas here with the Giants' love, uh, and as far as the the commies are concerned, um, I just wow, what a train wreck uh, it's turned into. And and listen, it's it's going to get better at some point, but uh, just right now, uh, are we it going seems to like be alive when it gets better? I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's going to be the case. But are you commanders know, still going to be their name when it gets better? No, probably not. <laughs> they'll, be, they'll be back to the Redskins at that point. Uh, but you mentioned the fact that they're using their running back to return kicks. Listen, that was a strategy I used to use back in Madden 12 or Madden 13. I can't remember what year it was, <laughs> but uh, it, did, it didn't work out too well for me. Uh, I don't think it's going to work out too well for them either. But um, yeah, listen, this is probably the weakest division of football, uh, but there definitely is at least some hope coming, you know, out of certain teams like the Eagles and uh, not so much the Cowboys, but we'll see what happens. I'm really high on the Eagles for this division. I think the commies are going to be in last place. I don't think that there's really a way to flip it. Uh, I think the the battle here is that two and three spot between the, the Cowboys and the Giants. Yeah, definitely so. All right, let's get to our futures. I'll go over the easy ones first, and then I'll reel off uh, the Eagles. Cowboys, I got two. Uh, Cowboys under 10.5 wins. I thought that was a ridiculously high win total. At minus 145, I'm going under 10.5. 11 wins. That, that That's a lot. Uh, and then I, I have an alternate one. Dallas Cowboys to win six or less games. That's plus 680. If this thing really falls through, I, I think that's that's doable there. And at almost 7-1, to one, I thought that was really good value. Uh, the Washington Commanders, I couldn't find anything worth betting on over or under because basically I don't even know what is going to come out of uh, that place. Uh, Giants, uh, winning record, plus 230. I I figure if everybody is so bad in this division, someone other than the Eagles might have to win games. So you're giving me 230. I, I took a shot. Now, when I watch them turn the ball over seven times in their first game, I probably will write that off and uh, just take it at a loss. But uh, I thought 230 was decent value. Okay, Philadelphia Eagles. I have $3,500 worth of Philadelphia Eagles props here. So uh, Philadelphia Eagles to win the Super Bowl, 20-1. to uh, I like that one. Philadelphia Eagles to win the NFC. That one I like even more at 10-1. to I think there's really, really good value. We'll get to this sort of 
regression maybe the Rams have after winning the Super Bowl. Uh, whatever the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers is going on down there. Uh, the retired, unretired taking a uh, mini vacation to probably get a divorce uh, from his angry wife, who is now living in Costa Rica. Uh, and then the Packers trading their best offensive weapon. So, you know, that sort of leaves the Eagles sitting in and around there humming. So 10 to 1 there. I really, really like that on the uh, side of things. Then probably my biggest bet of the futures. Philadelphia Eagles, NFC East winner, plus 145. I have 12.50 on that one. At 145, you can easily cross off Giants in Washington here. That leaves Dallas uh, as your lone real contender to win this division. I think 145, Eagles win NFC East. However much excess cash you have and you don't mind it being held for six months, I would put it on that. So I really like that one. Uh, Eagles to beat Baltimore in the Super Bowl, 220 to 1. Uh, Eagles to beat Bills, Super Bowl, 85 to 1. Eagles to beat Colts, 270 to 1. Eagles to beat Chiefs, 130 to 1. Uh, this was the other one I, I really, really liked. Eagles, Niners championship game, 27 to 1. I thought that was really, really good value uh, there, 27 to 1. That's a really good stake there. Uh, the other one I like, Eagles number one seed. Go look at their schedule. It is 10 to 1, Eagles number one seed. That is ridiculous value for the sort of bad teams that the Eagles are going to play. And if that talent level is what we think it is on paper, I think they probably cruise to the number one seed here. Uh, so I really like that one. Eagles over nine and a half wins at minus 145. Like that one. Eagles best record at 16 to one. I really like that one. Once again, they're playing in the NFC side of things. Much, much easier conference. There are better teams in the AFC, but those teams all have to play each other. So I think losses will rack up. I like that Eagles number one overall seed. Uh, very, very much. Uh, then I got some exact order divisions. I, I like these two. Eagles, Giants, Cowboys, Washington. And then Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Washington, I think is pretty good value. Uh, the Cowboys, Giants one is uh, five to one. The Giants, Cowboys one is 20 to one. So I think there's decent value there. And then Eagles, Giants, one, two, exact order, 15 to one. I thought pretty decent value there. So uh, a whole lot of Eagles love in this one. Where are you going on the NFC East side of things? Uh, I've got a couple of uh, player bets for the uh, NFC East, but I've only got a couple uh, for the uh, the futures here. Uh, you One of them you mentioned was uh, the Eagles to win the uh, NFC East. Um, another one that you mentioned also was the, uh, the uh, NFC East uh, straight forecast. Uh, and that one, obviously, I have Philly, Dallas, New York, and Washington. Yeah. Um, one of the other ones, though, that you mentioned that I also really like, and I have that one myself, um, is the Eagles to be the number one NFC seed at yeah. plus 1,400. Yeah. Plus 1,400. Now, I'll remind you, I'm using the same logic that I did in our previous show with the Colts. They have the 26th ranked uh, schedule based, strength of schedule based off last season's performances. 26th. And they play in the NFC. And they play in the NFC East. I mean, I think that if, you know, you're looking for a long shot with really good value that has yeah. a potential hit, I, I think look no further than the Eagles. Yeah. The long shot value on there, I, I think, is the best of, like, all my long shot value. Because, I mean, we'll get into the Rams, and I, I, I think, I, I don't think they're going to be bad. But I do think... There'll be a little bit of Super Bowl hangover. I don't know how serious they're going to take this regular season. I think their focus will be to get in the playoffs and then try to flip a switch and make a run. You look at the Niners, you're in wild card situation with what Trey Lance is going to do. And we already talked about, you know, the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Green Bay Packers who, you know, I, I think will be really good, but... I want to see that offense hum before I'm ready to stake a claim there. So uh, I think that 14-1, to 1, great, great value for uh, a long shot on the season. So 
We're moved to the north here of the NSC side of things. And yes, we have to discuss uh, these next two divisions, the north and the south. Um, of divisions with loaded bad teams, uh, these are the ones that are really, really poor. We both have Green Bay. We both have Minnesota and then uh, Detroit and Chicago. I We will discuss them, I suppose. But, uh, you know, honestly, you can convince me Minnesota offensive fire, firepower might be able to give a little bit of a, a charge to Green Bay, but uh, I've watched Minnesota play football uh and it's basically like the Chargers. Uh, no matter how much talent is acquired on that, they win the same number of games every year. It's seven, it's eight, it's nine. They will lose some stupid games. So uh, I, I guess question one is, what do you think Green Bay will be? No Devontae Adams. We're going with Alan Lazard. And I guess they throw Randall Cobb in there, but I think the young receivers will sort of dictate how good this team is. Uh, I, I, Green Bay's defense will be really, really good, but uh, what can Green Bay do this year? Listen, I'm of the mindset that great quarterbacks make okay wide receivers good. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's going to be the situation here with Green Bay. Um, and listen, most of the reason why I have Green Bay first in this division is because, again, their consistency throughout the years of them being up there. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers – Love him or hate him, he's still one of the best quarterbacks in the league, so uh, you can't take that away from him. And I know that he lost his best weapon, uh, but uh, you look at prior Devontae, he was making other wide receivers look great. You'd have these wide receivers go elsewhere, and they couldn't do anything, and they'd come right back to where they left uh, because the quarterback play is so great there. That being said, I don't think that the Packers are going to be as good as they were, and I don't think a lot of people are going to be shocked by that uh, simply because – they lost a lot of their talent. And yes, I did just say that, you know, great quarterbacks make players good, even though mediocre players good, but it's hard to replace a guy like Javante, you know, a guy that you could just throw it up, have it near him. He'll go up and try and make a play on it. Um, there's not a lot of them out there. So there's, I think there's going to be some, a bit of a regression, but I think that there's been a bit of a regression with most of this team in, in this division. Um, you know, you look at the Minnesota Vikings Probably the award goes out to them for the most consistent Jekyll and Hyde team in history. Um, you talk about a team that looks like one of the most potent, unstoppable offenses in the league, and then they turn the next weekend, they can't get 14 points on the board. So it, it's so wishy-washy with them that I just had to get the division of Green Bay. Uh, and I honestly, if you were to, you know, at the end of the year, we come back and we look at it and we got, let's say, like a Minnesota up there, uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, but I, as far as money being tied up and things like that, I have to put them in first place for that division. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think there could be a question, too, whether we think Alan Lazard is an even okay receiver. You know, that's where I think it gets a little nervous. You have Alan Lazard. He's been okay, but how much more of a, a leap can he make and what are you getting from rookie receivers now they got those two running backs there who i'm sure are gonna catch you know a billion balls and the other thing is this division is just so bad you know we're having to talk ourselves into minnesota being a contender just so we can we both live the life of the vikings and nobody wants to live that life of the minnesota vikings so let's move to detroit and chicago uh you know, Detroit's getting a lot of hype for some unknown hard reason. Hard knocks. Because <laughs> of hard knocks. That's why. And, and I got to be honest with you. I love, you know me, I watch hard knocks every season. And and I always, you know, find something to fall in love with the team about. And listen, they got Jared Goff. I'm always going to root for Jared Goff, former Ram. But you see all these little things going on, you know, behind the scenes. And, and it makes me like the Lions, even though it's not my team. And I probably don't see them doing much. It makes me root for them a little bit. So yeah. I, I will say, I, I do think they'll be better, but better probably means like a six win cap. <laughs> so that's yeah. not exactly like they're going to be tearing the roof off. And then honestly, Chicago, uh, we'll get to it in futures, but I just think, they are going to be dreadful. 
They, once again, for some reason, unbeknownst to everyone, have no offensive line to speak of, though they're trying to break in a rookie quarterback. Um, I don't think you could tell me a receiver on their team other than maybe Darnell Moody, who, while I like Darnell Moody, I... I don't know if Darnell Moody can handle being triple covered because there's going to be nobody else to throw the ball to. And then basically they've gotten rid of everybody else on the defensive side of the ball. And the good ones that remain are all trying to be let go on that side of the ball. This team just seems like a mess to me. Um, This organization basically just seems like a mess to me. Is there any hope here and what they're doing to Josh Fields? Uh, you know, I wasn't a fan, but this kid just has no chance to get better and progress Justin as Fields. a rookie quarterback. Justin Fields? Yeah. Yeah, listen, I'll be honest with you. I'm not the biggest uh, Fields fan here. You know, I, I thought that they did a bit of a disservice to Trubisky uh, while he was there. Uh, I, I, you know, even well, though he wasn't going to predict- bigger one to Fields now. So. Yes, <laughs> yes. And, and it's very unfortunate because I've seen flashes out of him and, and something that I didn't think I would see. Uh, like I said, I wasn't the biggest Fields guy, but, uh, you know, I've seen flashes of him. And it's the only reason because of what I've seen from him. It's the only reason that I have them ahead of the Lions in my division standings uh, for for the NFC for the NFC North. Uh, but yeah, man, I mean the whole organization up and down just seems to be in dire need uh, of some CPR. Um, I'm watching the pre uh, preseason game, and they're showing the field, Soldier Field. Is it still called Soldier Field? Yes, I. Did you see that field? Well, I think I, they're building a new one, like. In Indiana Regardless. or something where the <laughs> that, old racetrack but, used to be. So, what I mean, dude, is, is that an excuse to say this is uh, NFL game worthy? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at a, a team, for example, like the Rams, I know the Rams have a new multi billion dollar stadium, but you look at, at, at that stadium, even though it's artificial, and then you look at the Bears field and it looks like it's been trampled by a stampede of bison. I, I mean, it, it looked horrible. And again, a lot of this is just the organization and going through their changes. And it just seems like they are trying really hard. And I hate the fact that Fields is going to, you know, go out on the field with that offensive line. Uh, but the good thing is that he's and mobile no enough weapons. and young enough. <laughs> yes. Uh, he The thing, the good thing he has going for him is that he's young and mobile and, and possibly could extend his career by getting away from, uh, you know, defenders coming after him because I, I feel like he's going to be under a lot of pressure this season. Yeah. All right. Let's move to futures on uh, this division. I, I don't have a ton in this one. I got a couple Green Bay ones, uh, mostly exact order because I just thought this one was pretty easy and predictable exact order wise. Uh, you can get Green Bay, Minnesota, uh, 1-2 exact order at plus 165. Uh if that's not the exact order, I'd be very, very stunned. So uh, Green Bay Vikings plus 165 exact order. Uh, then you got Green Bay Vikings Lions Bears exact order plus 410. And then I just took a shot that maybe the Lions are good, which, you know, hey, whatever. Uh, they're giving me 750. Packers Lions Vikings Bears plus 750. Uh, Vikings highest scoring team 20 to 1. Uh, they do have a lot of offensive weapons, and it wouldn't stun me that they score a lot of points in games. So 20 to 1, I thought was pretty good value there. Uh, Bears under five and a half wins, uh, I thought was really, really good value. If they get six wins, I would call that a minor miracle, really. Uh, <laughs> and then worst record was plus 750. So I thought there was pretty good value there uh, as well. Anything for you in the uh, NFC North? I've got a couple of player props, uh, a couple of player picks. I've got one, <laughs> which I even wrote in my notes here. A living on a prayer is what the what the note says, and it's the Bears to win the NFC North at plus eleven hundred. Uh, honestly, looking around there, just there's just so much uncertainty for me within this division that uh, I. I didn't like I, even though I'm playing with company money here I didn't like the odds for much of it uh I like a couple of ones you mentioned uh, unfortunately those weren't in my sports book but uh I'll probably have to jump into another one and take a couple of those uh are you thinking Canada is going to overtake Minnesota <laughs> and Wisconsin and claim rule and the Bears are the only team left 
Yeah, that's a possibility, I guess. It happened to South Park. Yeah, well, that might go. All right, uh, let's move to the South. This one might even be weirder than the North because I, I think we still think Green Bay, while might not be as good as the last couple of years, will still be a pretty solid team. Uh, I have no clue what we're getting here. Uh, Tampa Bay, I, the offensive line issues are going to be weird. You still have them first. After this weird Tom Brady thing, I moved him down to second, but uh, I, I mean... I, I didn't really know who to put first. I, I will admit, because uh, there are questions in New Orleans. There are a lot of questions in it, uh, Carolina, and uh, I'm not 100% sure Atlanta is trying to win football games. So I, I didn't really know with what to do with this division. I've already talked a little bit about Tampa. There is talent there, but, you know, I, I don't know when Godwin's coming back. You got the weird thing with Brady. Offensive line injuries are already starting to happen. I think the defense will still be good. I, I don't know that Todd Bowles, Bruce Arians' replacement is really that big a deal. But, you know, it, it just seems like last year was sort of the window. And now it's sort of shut. But then Brady randomly unretired. They wouldn't let him out of his contract so he could go to the Niners or the Dolphins. And what do you make of Tampa here? Listen, the only reason why I have Tampa Bay in first place to win this division is because of Tom Brady. Uh, you know, I've I've encountered no situation where I voted against the man and he came back and bit me in the neck. So uh, I'm I'm not of the uh, of the trend of betting against Brady. Uh, but even that being said, I think that if you just look at these teams as a whole. I think that the team with the most talent in this division is probably the New Orleans Saints, a yeah. uh, team who's been very successful over the last few years until Brady got to Tampa Bay. Uh, so, again, I'm not going to vote against Brady, but I I'm like you, man. I'm kind of torn as far as to where to really put all these teams. Yeah, let's get into the Saints here. Uh, you mentioned I still think defensively they have a lot of talent and offensively if thomas is healthy you bring in the rookie olive and you still got camara there now the question goes to quarterback you got Jameis there um say what you will i, I think he's an nfl quarterback uh, whether i think he's a good one is a different question but i think he could get the ball to these people so i think they will be okay offensively my big question goes to coaching. I thought they went really, really cheap and went to Dennis Allen just because he was convenient and there, and the defense has been solid. But you look at uh, Dennis Allen the last handful of years uh, as a head coach in Oakland because uh, they were still in Oakland and then, and he was brutal, and they were brutal, and that team was brutal, and they had no organization. And I just don't know what to expect from them. The talent's there. If there's, you know, enough leftover uh, DNA uh, from Sean Payton, then I think they could sort of sneak up and grab this division. But I just don't know what to make of New Orleans here. What do you make of New Orleans here? Honestly, you know, like I said, I, I think that New Orleans is probably the most talented uh, team as far as depth goes in this division. You talk about Michael Thomas, who was probably one of the better wide receivers in the league while he was healthy and uh, and full go. How much of that is attributed to the fact that Sean Payton was the head coach and Drew Brees was the uh, the quarterback? I'm sure a lot of it does, but you know you have to look at the tape and, and notice that this guy's got raw talent regardless. Uh, so a talented wide receiver is probably going to make things happen. Um, again, the big question mark is like you said, quarterback and coach. And what are we going to get from Probably these the guys? Probably the two biggest things in the NFL you need, Un which is unfortunately so for weird, them, because yeah. surrounding it is loaded team, and then you got quarterback, coach question. Not to mention the fact that this defense has been probably one of the better defenses in yeah. the NFC over the last few years. You know, they seem to step up in big game situations and and they've kept their, their team in it, even when the office wasn't quite clicking. Uh, but I, I've got them going second in this division just based off talents alone. Uh, uh, but I still think that a lot of question marks, I think it's going to probably be about half the season until we know what the Saints team is really going to be. Yeah. Uh, Carolina, I I will say 
I'm starting to talk myself into Carolina. You know I'm not a huge Baker guy, but I will say it is a large upgrade over uh, <laughs> Sam Darnold being behind center. So yeah, they still got some wide receiver weapons. Christian McCaffrey, you know, it's the same question. Wait, he's healthy? He is healthy, currently speaking. <laughs> If we can get 15 to 16 games out of Christian McCaffrey, I think this team at least puts itself in the mix, especially since they still have good pieces on defense. But what do you make of Carolina? What do you make of Baker here? Because he's basically playing for a contract. If he's good, I think somebody will take the chance and pay him some money. And if he's bad, we're probably looking at, you know, backup QB here. Uh, this is probably Matt Rule's last chance before, you know, they give him the hee-ho. What do you make of Carolina here? I think that if any team had a shot at trying to flip the standings within this division, it's probably going to be this Panthers team. Uh, just because of the guys they brought in, Baker Mayfield, like he said, I'm not. I'm also not the biggest Baker guy. But I, I think he's in... in He's an adequate uh, quarterback, a game manager. And I, I said it all last year. I thought that the Cleveland's best uh, pro approach of attack was uh, to use their defense and their running attack to win that division uh, and use Baker Mayfield more as a game manager. You know, they put the ball too many times in his hand, and I feel like that cost him. Uh, but I'll tell you what I am excited about. Week one, Panthers and Browns. Baker Mayfield going up against his, his old team and just kind of the way everything ended. I'm excited to see that. And I think that if, if it might set off uh, a trend, if he plays one, he plays aggressive and he plays, uh, uh, you know, confidently, I think that that could set up a good thing going forward for the rest of the season, because I think if that's the case, I think he takes the reins and doesn't look back. There was question marks about whether Darnold or Baker would be the starter. Um, I, I think I felt all along that Baker was a better quarterback of the two, but you know, there's certain uh, people out there who are huge, huge Sam Darnold fans who start to sway me a little bit just uh, with their praise of the guy. But I think that Baker's the better, better of the two here. And I think that that first game uh, is going to be sort of a, of a telltale sign as far as to what trajectory that Carolina Panthers team is uh, headed to. Yeah, I, I think I'm the most torn on Carolina. Like, if I said they were going to finish like four and twelve, well, I, I guess it would be four and thirteen or five yeah. and thirteen. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think we'd be stunned, you know. But I also could see a way where they win ten, eleven, maybe even twelve games and are the surprise team. You get a full season out of McCaffrey. Baker's solid. He's not doing dumb things. You know that defense holds up and this division turns into a train wreck. Uh, so it's just weird how you look at Carolina where it could be really, really bad, and it could probably be good where they're sort of a dark horse in that playoff standing where you're like, oh, they might can make a run here. So I didn't you know, know what to do. To me, to me, they, they not that they're at the same talent level, but they have a feel of last year's Cincinnati team. Yeah, I, that's uh, a good, a good uh, way to look at it. A team that has, you know, pretty good potential and you could see them possibly making, you know, a push for a playoff spot, but a team that you also wouldn't be shocked that they just turned around and had a bad year. Yeah. Uh, do we want to do any breakdown analysis of Atlanta other than the coach they hired two years ago is probably going to be fired because they're going to be awful? Uh, I, I, listen, I, I, I do want to say I really like Marcus Mariota. Yeah, I know. But uh, this was not the spot to try to resurrect your career. Well, possibly not. But, I mean, how many teams were you really going to get a shot to start with? Oh, yes, I I know. I, I don't know what to say. Pitts is going to be good. Uh, rookie receiver might be all right. Uh, uh, their line is awful. Maybe Cordell Patterson is good again, though that seems like a... <laughs> A random sort of 32. Are you, are you expecting what he did last season? No, but I didn't expect last season after watching him for True. 12 years and him randomly becoming a top five running back in the league. So, hey, whatever. I, I just, I don't know what to make of Atlanta other than they might not be good and probably are tanking 
to get a, a good draft pick. We'll see if Mariota gets in there. Maybe Ritter gets in there from Cincinnati, see if he has anything uh, future-wise. What are you on the NFC South? I don't got a ton of stuff uh, here. I got Tampa Bay, exact finish third, 11-1, if they really do drop off a map, and Carolina and the Saints raise up. Uh, and I, I thought Tampa Bay's win total, 11 and a half. That seemed That's really high. high. As much as I'm down on the NFC, I I don't think Tampa's going to start well. Now, they might grow into the season and find their form late, especially once Godwin gets back to full health and stuff. But I think Tampa's starting off slow. And 12 wins, just that seemed like a lot. So I'm under on that. Uh, Saints NFC South winner was three to one. I thought that was pretty decent value. And then Carolina, I got a couple in here because I, I played that maybe it's the magical season. So to reach the NFC championship game was 32 to one, uh, NFC South winner, 15 to one. Uh, this one I, I thought was probably the best one of the group. Carolina Panthers, NFC wildcard plus 750. Uh, Basically, just go. Take, you know, the playoff spots. Go through the NFC. It drops really, really quick. And I, I think it's really... Carolina doesn't even have to be that good to maybe grab that last wild card spot. So I thought 750 was really, really good value. Uh, mixed with a winning record, Carolina Panthers plus 300, I thought was really good. And over six and a half wins plus 105, I thought was uh, a decent value here for the Carolina Panthers. So a couple things on the Carolina Panthers, if they turn out to be a pretty solid team. I had nothing on the Atlanta Falcons. Uh I'm just going to watch in horror as I have to end up taking them when they're getting 16 and a half point lines in uh, three weeks into the season. And I have to convince myself that uh, they're really tricky with the Mariota Pitts combo. So uh, anything for you out of the NFC South? Uh, I've got a couple player uh, bets and then I've got one uh, future bet which is the Saints um, to reach a wild card spot at plus 310. Again, I mentioned that the Saints, in my opinion, have the uh, the most talent throughout that team, both defensively and offensively. So I feel like even if Tampa Bay and Tom Brady uh, come out, you know, guns a-blazing, as uh, Tom usually does, then I still think the Saints have a pretty good shot at making a wild card spot. And at plus 310, I think you're getting pretty decent value there. Yeah, uh, me too. I, I think that's pretty good. The only worry I had about that one, because I looked at it, uh, was that maybe the Saints win the division. And yeah, get that's, out of one it. Of, but, that's the one I was concerned about. The thing about. I was looking at is what you can do is take Saints to win the division and that one. Both are around three to one. So, you know, you lose. You end a, up making money. You lose a little bit of money, but you're still getting plus uh, out of yeah. both. And, and it's better than the value of Saints to make the playoffs. I, I looked at that one, and that one wasn't. Well, it's better to take both those than to take just Saints to make the playoffs. All right, let's move to the NFC West. And, uh, I think you sort of see uh, how far the NFC's talent has fallen once you go here. Because last year in our preview, we were discussing how all four teams might be able to make the playoffs. And I think we're talking two teams in this division uh, this year. And that's about it. So uh, I have San Francisco on top because I think the Rams won't take the regular season as serious. Used to have the Rams up top. We both got San Francisco. Uh, you have them second. I have them third. And then we flip-flop Arizona and Seattle. But uh, we'll talk about the top two. I I, I want to talk about these bottom two teams. Do you think you're getting anything from either of these te teams? Seattle, Arizona, there's talent. But you you got the weird thing with Seattle where they're going to go in the season with Geno Smith as a quarterback. Say what you will. But, you know, I, I don't think you can convince yourself you're going to win eight, nine, ten games a season with Geno Smith at your quarterback, even if you do have a good running back, you do have good receivers. What do you make of Seattle and Arizona here? Listen, as far as uh, Seattle's concerned, 
I, I don't think that going with Geno Smith is, is such a horrible idea. Uh, now, well, it's granted, better than Drew Locke, I will admit that. <laughs> yes. And, and, but look, they could have had guys like, I mean, I doubt it would have happened. You could have had a guy like Baker Mayfield, though, or, uh, you know, even Jimmy G. Yeah. Um, you know, but it, it seemed like they waited too long, and now they're now they're stuck. And they're going to stick to the guns and they're going to come out and say the right things to try and, uh, you know, build confidence within that quarterback room. But I think that they know that they waited too long to make a move. And at this point, you have no choice but to wait it out. Um, they still have some talented some talented guys. They have DK Metcalf, one of the uh, more talented raw. And, and a lot of people give him a lot of love, call him one of the better wide receivers. I don't think he's quite he's not there even yet. The best receiver on his home team. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I agree with you. I think Tyler Lockett's uh, probably more complete uh, right receiver. But uh, don't get me wrong, DK Metcalf has a very high ceiling. Yeah. Um, he's a monster. He, he can go after the ball. He's super fast for a guy his size. So he's got a lot of good things going his way. But I don't think he's quite developed to the point where he should be at or where people put him at. Uh, the Cardinals, again, they scare me a little bit just because how hot they've been over the last couple of seasons. They seem to fizzle out as the season, you know, closes out, but um, they lost a little bit of talent, but the talent that they lost this year, I felt like was on the older side, uh, talent that they're probably going to be okay without going a little bit younger. Uh, so Arizona scares me a little bit, but if you ask me, I, st I still think this division is a three-team division. My problem with Arizona here is, you mentioned it, they've started hot the last couple of years and then tailed off. Uh, but they're not going to have Hopkins for the first six games of the season. So I wonder why. Uh, uh, well, he he took contaminated substances. It, oh, that's what it was. He didn't know what he was putting <laughs> in his body. He's a professional athlete. It's only his job to know what he's putting Wait, in his did, body. Wait, did he have a tapeworm? Oh, no, that was a baseball. I'm sorry. Uh, that's what concerns me about Arizona is – you have no Hopkins for six games into the season. You did the weird thing with Hollywood Brown where you didn't pay Christian Kirk, but then you traded draft picks to give Hollywood Brown and then paid him, which honestly, if you put Christian Kirk and Hollywood Brown, I don't think there's Can you tell them apart? <laughs> any difference in the two as receivers. Uh, and then you had the weird thing where they signed Murray to – very large deal, which very large. I think both of us were a little stunned, but then you put in the weird language where he has to study tape, but which they ended up taking out at the end because uh, his but, camp had an, an uproar about it. But then you leak it to the press, which is even weirder. I just I don't know where this team sits. You extended Kingsbury and the GM, even though. I don't know what either has done that have warranted extensions. So basically, they're the first first half season of the of the league champs. <laughs> you extended Murray, who I don't think either of us are sold are an elite QB. You extended Kingsbury, who I don't think any of us think is a top tier coach, and you extended a GM who I'd say has been marginal at, at drafting players. Uh, He's the one who took Josh Rosen and then took Kyler Murray the next year, one and one. So I just, this ship looks to be sinking here. So I, I just, I'm not sold that they're going to get off to the hot start that they need to. And then the tail is going to happen. And I, I think more than anything, I think this thing is ripe to start bickering and burning down. If Kyler's not good, he doesn't seem to be the other thing. I don't think Kyler's loved by his teammates, whereas <laughs> <laughs> language sorry, like that does not get put into contracts if your teammates are going, oh, yeah, he's working really hard. I think he knows the offense. That's coming from other sources, and that's probably other sources like said teammates. So I just – this seems like a weird ship, whereas I think Seattle, I don't think the talent is as good as in Arizona, but – they always seem to be a team, and I think they know what they're going to do this year. They're going to run the ball with Penny and, and the rookie running back. They still got threats on the outside, so they can run play action. Geno Smith might not be good, but he can probably make simple throws and probably 
not going to lose you a game. And if the defense is capable of reaching a level, I think they could be a little bit better than people expect. So that's my feel there. Uh, let's go to the two teams that matter, I, I think, really in this division. I, I've talked about it. The Rams, I think, are going to be really good. But I question whether they're going to be really good in the regular season. They already started floating, you know, Matthew Stafford stuff. You know, his elbow is banged up. His shoulder is banged up. We're already hearing it, you know. He's taken the sort of mantra and title from Ben Roethlisberger of every joint in my body is hurt and (laughs) I can't play, but then magically I'm on the field and can play. Uh, I'm curious how aggressive this defense is going to be, you know, after sort of accomplishing their goal. They got to their goal. They won the Super Bowl in their window uh, before, you know, not having draft picks, not having salary cap space is going to hurt them. So I just, I don't look for them to be probably as aggressive, I think, in the regular season. They're going to find their wins. They're going to get into the playoffs. And I think San Francisco is going to be aggressive in the regular season here. They're going to try to get Trey Lance reps. And I think that's where I put San Francisco above. But you could also convince me that Trey Lance isn't going to be as good. And you're going to get sort of that mixed bag that we've seen with the 49ers the last couple of years. How do you think this is going to play out across the top of that uh, NFC West? I'll start off with the Rams, okay? And, and I'll tell you this. I think that there's going to be a step back uh, as far as the performance of the Rams is concerned. Not so much because they're going to be worse, but just because I feel like teams kind of know what's coming their way. Um, I would be more concerned about a regression had they've had a young quarterback or a golf quarterback, but they've got Matthew Stafford, a veteran who's been to just about everything. Uh, you mentioned he's ailing a little bit, but when isn't he hurt? I mean, the guy's always hurt. He was hurt in the, in the Super Bowl, uh, you know, and yet he's still out there uh, making plays. So I'm not too concerned about uh, the, the Rams. I, I think they'll be okay. Um, I think defensively they got better. I think defensively we gave them too much credit last year just based off the names that were on that defense. You talk about uh, Von Miller coming in late. You talk about uh, Jalen Ramsey, one of the better cornerbacks in the league. Aaron Donald, probably the best defensive player in the league. And you just assume that defense is going to be great. And the reality was that they weren't. They were a bend and don't break defense. And I said this several times last year. You know, they would allow teams to gouge them yards-wise. They just wouldn't give up any touchdowns. And I think that defensively they got better. I think the addition of uh, Bobby Wagner, a guy who you can put in between Aaron Donald and Ramsey, is going to add just that much more flexibility on defense. They'll be able to do a lot more things uh, that we're accustomed to seeing this Rams defense do. And so I think they'll be better defensively. I think offensively they're they're just kind of on par as to what they were last year. They did get a little bit bigger and a little bit more talented. That remains to be seen. Uh, But I think they'll be okay. Moving on to San Francisco here, uh, Trey Lance to me is the biggest question mark in this division uh, because this Niner team is Super Bowl ready. They're ready to compete for a championship. You know, they've got the defense. They've got the skill players. They've got Debo Samuel, who's probably one of the better two-way players in the league. Um, they've got a, a, an entire freaking cavalry of running backs that they can go to, uh, not to mention the fact that they've got one of the better tight ends, George Kittle. And a really good defense with also, a bunch of interchangeable parts. Try making parts. his name for the title of always something is joint ailing. I yeah. think it'll be a Stafford Kittle battle to overtake the Ben Roethlisberger do, uh, roll and grab on the ground this season. Do they do they have a bet like that? Uh, how many injuries will Stafford and and uh, how many and, times uh, do they roll holding a knee <laughs> or an ankle or shoulder? I'm sure you. I'm sure you could find it somewhere, but. Yeah, listen, with this San Francisco team, they're a really good team. And th- there's one of the reasons why they were in the position they were in last year competing for an NFC championship game, because they're really good. And I don't know if Lance is the guy who's going to get you over the hump. Uh, and I don't know what it's going to do to his confidence to know that the guy who just led his team to that position is basically sitting on the bench waiting for something to happen to you. Um, you know, I do tip my hat off to Jimmy G. Uh, he's a he's – a, a total pro for handling the situation the way he's handled it. Uh, he's getting paid big money uh, to just kind of hang out back there as a backup quarterback, which is great for him. But, uh, you know, there's just little subtle things with that team that makes me feel like they can go from being a complete Super Bowl contender to can they even compete for this division? Yeah. My only thing with believing in, in San Francisco is I don't think Shanahan would have made this switch 
if he didn't think Trey Lance was ready to sort of Cadillac this team and run them? Because I, I, you know, we've seen where he's drafted guys and then just sent them on the bench for games at a time and not cared. So I don't think he would have made the switch unless he thought Trey Lance was there. But also, we, I think we both have made jokes over the years that this man's ego is very large. And, <laughs> and that's what I was going to lose. I was going to, I was going to ask you this question is yes, I agree with you. I think that it's the, it was the right move to make the switch at the quarterback, but I mean, isn't it more of a, we, we moved ahead in the draft. We gave up assets to go after this guy. And we've been to a Super Bowl. We've been to an NFC Championship game with this guy. At some point, you had to make the move because of what you gave up. And I, th- I think that move was made more for, uh, you know, just for face, to show face that, listen, we didn't, we didn't move up in the draft for nothing. This is our guy. I don't think it's because he thinks he's ready. Because if that were the case, what, what I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, again, I just think that the quarterback position is going to be huge for that team. Uh, thankfully for them, they've got Jimmy G on the back burner. Uh, but I don't know if he made that move, that change, because he thought that Lance was ready. Well, that was the other thing I was going to say that sort of helps is – if Trey Lance were to get hurt, you got Jimmy G. You don't have the unknown. Your season isn't, you know, we talked about it right off the bat. Any of these, like, elite quarterbacks get hurt, you're probably done. The one situation where it probably doesn't hurt you is San Francisco, where they go to Jimmy G. Or if Trey Lance is just to the point where he's unplayable, you can make that switch and go to Jimmy G. So I look at that and see a little value there. And like I said, I just think the Rams are, are, if they were in the AFC, I think I'd cause them more alarm bells. But I, I think they probably look at this and are like, we can cruise here and get into the playoffs. And then, we can unleash Aaron Donald and we can unleash Bobby Wagner. Those guys don't have to put on the miles in this regular season. Uh, We just need to get into the playoffs and then be healthy in the playoffs and be ready to win a a couple games uh, here in the playoffs. Then we need to win 12, 13 games, get that number one seed, get home field advantage, uh, you know, and kill ourselves getting it because there are probably three teams in the NFC that legit you can say are title contenders. And that's putting Tampa Bay where that situation is unknown. That's putting Green Bay where that situation is unknown. And that's putting San Francisco where that situation is a little unknown. So I I just think LA's goal will be playoffs, be ready to win games in the playoffs. A, a little bit like an NBA sort of mentality for, you know, an old-school veteran team that knows it could be the one, two, three seed. They need to be healthy and ready to make that push in the playoffs. So that's why I think San Francisco be a little bit uh, more aggressive uh, this regular season. All right, let's go to our futures here. I don't have a ton. I, I got a bunch of San Francisco and not much else. Uh, 49ers to beat Baltimore in the Super Bowl, 150 to 1. Uh, 49ers to beat the Bills, 65 to 1. 49ers to beat the Chiefs, 85 to 1. San Francisco, number one uh, overall seed is 9 to 1. Um, San Francisco, NFC West winner, plus 170. I think that's pretty good value. You're getting plus 170. You probably got two teams who are going to contend for that spot to win the division. So almost two to one. Thought pretty good value. Exact order. Uh, Niners, Rams, Seahawks, Cardinals, 22 to one. And this one I really, really liked. Uh, exact order. Niners, Rams, plus 390. I thought almost four to one. That is nice because I think you could check off Arizona and um, Seattle and it's basically Niners Rams fighting for that top spot, and you got good value there at 390. Uh, Rams, I had no futures. I got a couple Cardinals ones. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, uh, fourth finishing position is plus 390. Like I said, it, I think if that ship starts to burn early, that thing might be a melt job that uh, we might see a really, really bad team there. And then 
Arizona under eight and a half wins, uh, even money at minus 110. So uh, those are my uh, futures out of NFC West. Anything for you out of the NFC West? Yeah, I've got a couple here. I've got um, the Rams to be the outright Super Bowl winner at plus 1,100. And listen, I know that it hasn't happened since the 2003-2004 Patriots, but I feel like the Rams, as I mentioned earlier, improved defensively. They got better defensively, and they at least stayed on par offensively or got a slightly better. The offensive line is a little bit of an issue, but I, I feel there's some improvement to where they have a good shot, good, good enough shot at least. So I thought at plus 1,100, that was pretty good value. Um, I have the Colts and Rams to be in the Super Bowl at plus 6,600. I've got AFC South plus NFC West to meet in the Super Bowl at plus 1,800. Uh, I've got the exact outcome, Rams to beat the Colts, plus 12,500, which is really good value. As I mentioned uh, in our last episode, Colts have the easiest schedule based off strength of schedule, based off last season's results. The Rams were the defending champs, so I thought that was pretty good value there. Uh, and I think I've got, uh, I've got two more here. Uh, I've got the Cardinals, who I believe are probably the third best team in that division, uh, for a wild card spot at plus 290. And as you mentioned, the possibility of the Rams Super Bowl hangover, them not being, uh, you know, really pushing for division win more, kind of looking towards the playoffs. Got the Rams as a wild card team at plus 225. All right. So that concludes our NFC season preview and part two of the football time show. So be sure to join us for part three as we wrap up our three-part NFL preview with our player future awards. That's our show and we're out.